Welcome to the WordPress Shop Podcast with our hosts, Colleen LeMasters and Adam Miggitz. I'm Colleen LeMasters of Colleen LeMasters Creative, and I specialize in WordPress websites, both design and development. I use thoughtful strategy to create beautifully crafted and optimized websites that are also easy to manage on a day-to-day basis for my clients. Adam Miggitz, located in South Carolina, is a web developer focused on integrating custom functionality to websites. Now let's jump into the episode. Good morning to everybody. I think a couple more folks, they had messaged me and said they were going to try and join in. So I'm excited to talk about our topic today. We'll keep every, you know, keep the, the floor open for questions, of course. And so if anyone has any as we go along, I know Adam and I are always welcome to to chat about WordPress and figure out how we can help. Start. I mean, I know you and I can talk WordPress geek stuff all day long. Get started with our topic about WordPress. This is going to be a great topic to talk about today because a lot of people are coming to us with questions like, I just got a WordPress website and everyone said it's going to be so easy and I'm just lost on the dashboard. And we don't ever want you to feel that way. So we are talking about some of the basic things to get started with your website today. And one of the first things after you get your new website and before potentially even you know your content before you've launched you know any content or anything like that there are some plugins and some integrations that we recommend out of the box Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to touch on today the first one being i think contact forms because you want people to be able to reach you and find out what you're all about and and convert to a customer And so a lot of folks, you know, I I can't tell you how many times I've seen and, you know, Adam, I don't know if this is something that you run into, but, you know, people will buy a theme on theme forest or creative market or wherever their, you know, theme vendor of choice is. And all of these demo themes are beautiful. They have all this like content in there and imagery and the forms there, but they don't tell you that that's not necessarily how it's going to be out of the box. Like you're going to buy that theme and that's not like, you're still going to have to do some legwork to get that form on your website. And so we use for contact forms, we use plugins and for anyone not familiar, a plugin um, for WordPress, that's the terminology that they use. That is a, a chunk of code that bolts on some extra functionality that ties into your website and integrates in with your website. So you can get a contact form plugin, for example, and all of a sudden you have a new set of settings in your dashboard that allow you to set up a contact form. And depending on the plugin, you can route your contact form to a marketing department, or you can route it to a sales department, or you can route it to an HR department for career and job inquiries and things like that. So Actually, the form plugin that I use for almost everything because it does contact forms and all sorts of other surveys and great things is Gravity Forms. I am a huge, huge Gravity Forms fan. Um, Adam, do you are you familiar with Gravity Forms? What's what's your take on it? Um, I am. I have used it a little bit. Tapped into the um, they have a, an API you can tap into. So there's a whole host of extra functionality specific to gravity forms to tie into and customize the forms and stuff with yeah so with forms you know it's just like you said not just a contact form but if you want to have a form to generate you know in order to to sort of submit to fill out a form give an email address etc whatever for uh, to get something to download a pdf etc 
you can use, you know, again, you know, use the, use a, you know, form plugin like Gravity Forms or I've used WP Forms. I think it's, it was used to be something else. Can't think. Formats? No, Forms something. Now it's the thing. It's WP Forms. It used to be oh, Smart Form. I think yeah, I would say Smart Forms. Yep. 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 And then now it's WP Forms. Whatever. Um, I do my own custom forms because I can, and I was just like having my own. <laughs> uh, I know this is where your developer brain just blows my mind because I am I'm sitting here going like I can do Gravity Forms and I can you know again I can I use that one I've used WP Forms and a lot of them have great integration so like WP Forms you can if you use Google Workspace for email you can integrate in so you know it it lowers your spam delivery because you know a lot of times when you're sending responses like hey thanks very much for your interest emails in reply to those that fill out the form you know sometimes that can get flagged as spam so they have all these integrations that you can use and they i like the plugins just because they take out that technical step and so if you have a technical brain great you're going to breeze right through these but you don't have to which i think is a a huge benefit because it walks you through and it says hey here's where you get this pop in this API key and here's where you get it copy paste. And that makes it a lot more approachable. I think for, for a lot of, of small business owners who might not otherwise have time to really dive into the code. WP forms, you're right, is a great one. In fact, I have seen examples of WP forms being used as like a small, almost e-commerce shop. So someone had a, you know, a workbook, it was a digital product and but it was a paid digital product and they were using wp forms uh to to charge people for this download so you know you don't have to have a whole huge e-commerce setup in order to take payments with your website you can do that with forms as well so yeah there's there's a couple couple big plugins again gravity forms and wp forms being being some of the main ones that we use but there are a lot of applications for form and do you want to share some of the ways that you've integrated forms on websites aside from your basic like contact form name email you know message sort of thing so i've actually built very very basic nothing fancy a form i call it a form builder for lack of better terminology <laughs> so i built so basically it creates so on the back end, you can actually click, you know, see somewhere to go, and then you go to use the form builder that I created to, you know, add your, add all your fields, you know. So, you know, then my plugin handles, you know, putting a, you know, I think I wrapped in a short code, so putting a short code, or getting a short code for that form, and then putting it onto the front end to do a fill-out and use. I, specifically, this one I made for someone, they wanted to have a, custom form to fill out for like a, a really long registration form. They had like, you know, all of these questions to people, you know, you know, uh, I think it was for an event, I think. So it was like, you know, what you're part of an event, you know, what's your age group, what's your, uh, you know, enter the, there was a whole host of, of uh, things. So basically it was, uh, uh, what I'm trying to say, <laughs> uh, not a wizard, step builder uh, type thing. So. You can, I did it in a way that the, the form builder, you can say add a step and then create, you know, the, the form fields for that step and add another step. So it goes, you know, step by step, basically, is what, what I'm trying to say. So it was kind of cool, cool build. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I mean, and then I think is exactly the beauty of plugins in general right there is that they give you those step by step you know, process to make it easy to get that functionality that you want up and running. 
And again, taking the some of the the high tier coding out of the mix because they've done it for you on the back end to make it approachable and doing in that you know with a nice UI of the step by step process. Yeah, I try. You know, I, I'm not. Uh, I, I go basic, simple, especially for the back end. I'm like, all right, make it very simple. The UI very simple. I probably can get a little fancy with you know different colors and block it out and different things, but I, I my my back end is like keep it simple, it does it function and that's that. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. So I have I've actually done gravity forms because I, I do have again, I I really I don't mind paying for plugins, but I really want them to be worth it if I'm gonna, you know, spring for a paid plugin. So Gravity Forms is one of those ones that is a paid plugin, highly worth it. But I also have the like developer license. And so I have access to quite a few extensions to Gravity Forms, but um, I have taken forms to such a place as not only contact forms that integrate in with my email marketing system. So, you know, one of the great things, especially when you're starting out with a website is growing your email distribution list. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be putting out a monthly newsletter or even a quarterly newsletter, but it is nice to have those list of, of emails when you do need them. So, you know, and you can even put on there, you know, depending on the tone of your brand and all that stuff, you can put a note in like, I'm not going to spam your inbox, you know, don't expect to hear from me unless it's something really juicy or something, you know, whatever makes sense for, for your brand. But again, just because you're collecting those emails, that was one of the big things for me a long time. I was like, I don't need to collect emails because I'm not going to do anything with them. Like I just don't have time to send out a newsletter, but then all of a sudden I was launching a new service and I was like, man, bummer, that would be a good time to send out an email but I didn't have all of the email addresses. So consider things like that, number one. And Gravity Forms also, as do some of these other plugins, Gravity Forms integrates in with a lot of the major email marketing services. For example, I use MailChimp and it feeds anyone into that, you know, fills out particular forms, feeds them right into MailChimp automatically. I can tag them, um, you know, wh however I want them to be tagged in MailChimp, however I have that set up so I can have that automatically done for me. So I have, for example, a form on my website that is basically a blog subscription. And, you know, there's a couple of check boxes so you can kind of pick what you're interested in, in hearing about because my blog on my website is um, it's twofold. So it's tips and tricks and business related topics, but it also has some personal posts about what's going on with me and my family and my personal life. And so some people, you know, they care more about the business side. So, you know, there's an option for them to, based on the form, on the gravity form, there's an option for them to check what their interest is. And, you know, they can check keep it professional. I want to hear, you know, about everything. Or if you're my mom, I only care about what's going on with the kids. So they can pick what they want to hear about. You know that you're targeting your message and your emails to give the people what they want. And that's done via Gravity Forms uh, with that MailChimp integration. So I know when I go into MailChimp to craft those emails that I'm sending out that um, I have the most up-to-date list because again, happening automatically. And then also that they're getting what they want. So that's a nice, a nice bonus as well. I've done some other, other things with gravity forms, but you know, like I have done real estate calculators. You've done, you've, 
you did a mortgage calculator, which is kind of cool. I did do a mortgage calculator. So I had one client who was, uh, they did reverse mortgages and they wanted to be able to basically showcase what the, the federal program was offering. And, you know, so people were able to put in the value of their house, how much they still owed. And that was all through Gravity Forms. And ultimately they were able to, you know, estimate how much they could potentially get through these programs uh, through these federal programs with a reverse mortgage. And honest to gosh, that was like, it was such a fun project for me because it was, uh, number one, it was like a totally new way to use gravity forms. And it was so beyond the norm of the way that I typically use it, which again is setting up like email marketing integrations and routing messages. So the marketing department gets theirs and the HR department gets theirs and that sort of thing. So um, there are just, uh, there's so many WordPress integrations out there. And that's one of the reasons I love WordPress is because there is something to get the job done, no matter what that job is. So I, you know, again, I recommend Gravity Forms, but I've also worked with WP Forms. Yeah. So form integration, whether it be a simple contact form or, you know, anything like that, there's some great plugins out there. And then the second integration that I want to talk about is security, because this is such a big one with WordPress. And I mean, really all websites in general, but I know WordPress kind of gets a bum, bum rap. So I, Colleen, we actually have a, I have a question about the forms. It is. Yes. How do you do the calculator on the site? Yes. So the calculator on the site was done with some, Gravity Forms has a numbers box, like a numbers field that you can use. So, you know, forms have a lot of those fields where it's text or text field or this or that, and they have a numbers field. And then they have some advanced options in the panel that allow you to calculate different things. And so I was able to put in various rates as hidden number fields, because another bonus of gravity forms is that you can figure out whether or not you want to show a field. And, you know, the user didn't need to know what the rate was. I just needed it in there to do the calculation. And so they would put in, for example, um, a home price of, you know, for math's sake, uh, $100,000 home value. And they would be able to get, you know, they still owed 50000 on it. And that meant that we could multiply that by a rate of, call it 3.25%. And uh, that part was hidden. But based on the client or the user input, um, we could run those calculations through those number fields in Gravity Forms, which was, was really fun, um, really. And Gravity Forms also has excellent, excellent documentation. So along the way, if you get tripped up on anything, you can look at their documentation and it's really, really well done. So, and they have a really great support community as well. And so, you know, even like if it's not directly on the Gravity Forms support forums, there are a lot of resources out there if you ever get hung up, but yeah, make use of those numbers field and, and the calculation options that go along with that. So each of those, not all, but frequently many of the advanced fields in gravity forms uh they come with extra extra little options that you can make use of and you know the numbers field has some some calculation options as well so yeah i i won't i won't go too far down the rabbit hole with that but i'm happy to answer any other questions on it i just actually wanted to add and remember so with the flexibility of wordpress 
also you can you can actually like any settings like those hidden fields that you had just a certain rate or maybe there were you know set things that change once a year twice a year you can actually put that as fields in an admin settings page so you can go to the admin section somewhere at a settings page you know as a form and that way the user can go in and, and actually change those rates or change whatever that the those hidden fields will uh, pull from and pick from that way they're not hard-coded so to speak inside the plugin so just want to add that that's how flexible again wordpress is yes it is super flexible um and that's again one of the reasons why i use it 99.99 percent of the time in fact it it's just like you know i know there's other platforms out there that people really like but i have found in using those that i i just i can't always bend it to my will the way that i can with wordpress plus i think that it helps WordPress is sets you up for future growth. So I think that that is one of the best things uh, about WordPress is that, yeah, you may not need some of these features now. However, you know, six to 12 months, once business starts really picking up, you may have a need for that. And you already have the foundation in place so you can grow and build off of that. Absolutely. Also want to talk about WordPress integrations in terms of security and malware and things like that. So WordPress, everyone, you know, there's kind of like this, this underlying fear with WordPress, like, oh, I don't know, it's not very secure. And oh, man, it can get hacked all the time. Um, number one, any website can get hacked. Let's, let's start there. It doesn't necessarily, oh, you have WordPress, you're going to get hacked. Any website can get hacked. And so I want to just take a minute to say that the number one way that your WordPress you know, becomes vulnerable to a hack is by not updating your plugins, not updating your theme files and your core WordPress files. So when you go into your dashboard and you see the little orange dot with a number inside next to the updates, that tells you that's your indicator that you have things to update and you want to take a look and make sure that you're making those updates because those updates frequently contain security patches for various vulnerabilities. They will contain new features that you wanna make use of. So it's really important to run those updates. Cannot stress that enough. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> I can hear you, yeah, I can, I can hear you. I just wanna add on that note too, uh, you wanna definitely stay up to date and update the plugins, et cetera. But usually the, a plugin uh, will have, you know, their own website to go back to whatever that'll show what, you know, new features, you know, what the new version has, what they did, is if it's just bug fixes, security fixes, uh, new features, read through that quickly just to see if, you know, they've changed, you know, because if they say, hey, we've changed the entire thing and you're specifically using something one way, you might, you don't want things to break too often. You know, it's, usually the updates are fine, you know, but I've been in some cases where, you know, because I, I customize stuff and it's like, where the a plugin will actually say, you know what, we're going to change our entire, uh, we have our own custom tables, database tables, and now we've changed that custom database tables. And and I was tapping into their custom databases that are not existent. So I actually had to go in and fix it myself once I realized that they were changing. So, and you know, that's kind of a deeper level, but just kind of want to be, be aware of what things did change. Yes, all very good points. Absolutely. You know, because there are things that, 
you know, and this is one of the services that I offer because it can seem intimidating when you see that update and you're like, oh gosh, I don't want to break anything. So if they, you know, if you're running the updates, take a look through some of those update notes and, you know, number one, always back up your site before you're running any kind of major updates. It's always great to have a backup to fall back on. I highly recommend, um, you know, backup plugin that allows you to send that backup to Dropbox or Google Drive or whatever your your file storage system of choice is. And then um, that way you have a backup. But also, you know, they do a lot of servers, a lot of hosting companies will offer backups on, you know, like, hey, we do daily backups for you or we do. That's all good and well, too. But if the host goes down, they take their backups with them and then you're in trouble. So it's always a good idea to have a backup living somewhere else other than your website, other than your hosting provider. Uh, but when you're running those backups, there could be some incompatibilities that arise. And, you know, they do try and give you, a, you know, an indicator like, hey, this is, according to the developer, this is 100% compatible with this version of WordPress. And that's that's helpful. But, what, you know, what if two plugins don't play nice? Then what do you do? So you know, it's good to have that backup in case there is an incompatibility and you need to roll back. But, you know, it's, it is important to think about how those plugins play with one another and take a look around your site after you run those updates, you know, because you want to make sure that everything's still working. So with that said, you know, let's say that you are, you know, doing all the updates like a good kid and your, your website is, is, up to date and ready to go. It's still a good idea to think about a security plugin and take some extra steps and extra measures to really lock down your site and make sure that there are no bad actors. So Adam, I'm going to turn it over to you and, and let you talk about some of the, the plugins that you prefer for security. And I feel like I talk a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about some of your favorite plugins for, for this area, if you don't mind. Um, well, I just wanted to go back for one second about the backup. Um, and the so when doing backups, make sure that wherever you're backing up, you actually have a backup copy, not only on your hosting site itself, so that you can go to the site, get hosed or something happen, you still have access to those files in a, you know, some other cloud somewhere that's not on there. So you can always, you know, have the files, have access to the files, you know, not on the, the actual site hosting itself, if I just knew that. But hopefully this makes sense. <laughs> no, absolutely. Because I think it is important that, you know, you have a place because that is, again, one of the bonuses of WordPress is that you own all the files. You know, let's say that Squarespace decides to close up shop tomorrow. You are in very big trouble because there goes your website. And you don't, you know, it's not like you can take your website to another place and put it and, and remain live, you know, like you can with a domain. So I think that's an important point that you just brought up is to, to have those files in a place where you know what to do with them if you ever need to switch hosting providers. So that's an important point for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, based on security too, the one I use is, I just use WordFence. It's been, you know, knock on wood, good for now. There are other security plugins. WordFence does sometimes, if you're trying to do too much, too many functionalities, WordFence likes to block a lot of things because, of course, that's the, the whole idea is, you know, keep all the bad stuff away from your site. But if you're trying to, I think there was one site that we had that we were trying to let traffic in, but WordFence kept blocking it. And we had a, even we tried adding it on the whitelist, which basically says, okay, go ahead, allow it, override, whatever. 
uh, it still was blocking. <laughs> so when we deactivated the word fence, everything worked fine. Um, and we had to find another security thing. But as far as security, well, again, I was just oh, go going to interject really quick. That's one of those incompatibilities you got to watch out for. You're like, oh, great. It's, it's now it's too secure. So we can't access anything. Great. <laughs> Right, and you want to see like with you know boot, the you know anti malware uh, plugins or brute force you know or anti brute force uh, plugins security plugins. Make sure that they're either automatically scanning your site periodically, whatever the you can schedule it, you know whatever. Um, if they're not, then you have to actually go in and hit scan. Uh, but usually they have a little schedule button and it'll do it once or whatever, you know every every day, twice a day, whatever. So that way you can roll it back if you have to or whatever, what other security ones. If you have, I know the other, not really secure, well, part of it's not really security, but it's, well, it is and it isn't. But if you have issues with secure schema, like, you know, HTTPS, you know, where you have the secure stock. Oh, yes. Layer socket, yeah. Um, there's a plugin called, I think it's just SSL layer no ssl plugin i'm not sure anyway I use, that's one the of one them that i use so, for what you're talking about is really simple ssl and it will go it, through it really, yeah really simple yeah. ssl will make sure that you're serving all of the secure pages and image files and all that stuff because sometimes if you don't have the right things set up it, it, it somebody tries to go there and use www dot your site or just your site one of those may not pick up the certificate and this way a plugin like that says make sure However, people go to your site, always make sure you run through the system. That's a great point because, you know, security certificates, SSL certificates really are, you know, they used to kind of be, um, you know, like a nice to have. And it's it's really no longer um, no longer an option, honestly, because Google will will flash up this warning sign in browsers if you don't have a secure site and it is enough to scare people away because they're like oh gosh I, this looks like a phishing site or this looks like a you know something where I shouldn't be and even though your site's legitimate it just it's because it doesn't have an SSL and that could be one single page that you know they're trying to access and it's thrown up this warning sign so I think it is really important to to make sure that you have that SSL and that it's applying to all the pages in your site, like, you know, as you said, Adam. And so there's something called mixed content. And when your website serves what's called mixed content, that means that, yes, you have an SSL certificate, but maybe your image that you have, you have an image on your website, and maybe that image isn't using the HTTPS protocol. And so it's still over in HTTP. And so it seems like it's an insecure thing. So it's worth it to have that plugin that goes and forces all of these things to be secure. So you don't get any of that mixed content warning as well. Adam, did you have something you wanted to throw out for that? Well, I was just going to say about the Google warning. Uh, I like how they, they, they their warning is like makes, makes people feel like really bad. It's like, you know, continue at your basically have a continue button, which makes because you know, you want to go to the site. Or they have a button that says "back to safety," you know, so anyway, don't go there. So it's I, like, it's very misleading at times. I mean, I know they mean well, but yes, it's and it's like sometimes I know because I am the one working on the site or setting it up. I know it's legit, and I'm like, how the heck can I bypass this message? Because I know where I want to go, and it's like in such fine print. But um, I digress. So um, when it comes to security, the plugin that I have been using as of late is the iThemes security plugin. 
And it, it makes it easy for me to manage multiple websites. So it might be more than, than some folks need, but it blocks brute force attacks, which those are, Adam, you'd probably be better equipped to explain. Can you talk about what a brute force attack is all about? Well, it has to deal with the too many requests hitting the DNS, hitting the, basically hitting the servers all at once, which can throw the, throw the server kind of out of whack. Um, and says, okay, we're getting we're getting this attack because they're trying to force their way in to basically hack or break something. Once it breaks, then they can get into your site. It's it's so you know there's ways to deny a lot of that stuff to check so that you know that can't happen. But you know, look, it's, it's, sites can still you know if a, a really good hacker wants to get into your site, he's going to get into your site. Um, but it's uh, they make it harder for them to do that but you know again it's, it's like that that balance it's like okay i protect you against this and like well I, I can do it this way you know so it's uh right and i think it's also i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you um go ahead and finish your thought i apologize that was it that was it go ahead um i just want to say it's also worth probably knowing that yes while it's if a hacker wants to get into your site they can get into your site but it's also worth knowing that they're really going for low-hanging fruit here. So if they have to work extra hard to get into your site, they're not going to bother because it's more work and more effort than it's worth. So if you are updating your plugins and you have some security plugins in place, just some, you know, like some gatekeeping things like preventing the brute force. And again, this is all stuff that's like the technical know-how to implement some of this stuff seems very intimidating, but these integrations and these plugins make it very easy. So, hey, toggle on brute force attack and you just click a button that says, yep, we're going to implement some some tactics to stop brute force attacks from happening. Or, you know, toggle this button that says we're going to make sure that we serve all the pages in an SSL, you know, in a secure protocol. Um, toggle the button to make sure that comments left on your blog don't have more than, you know, two links, let's say, because a lot of times you're going to get spam links and, and spam comments. So there are these steps that you can take with these integrations just to help keep your safe, your site safe and secure. And, you know, the basics of which would be run your updates and then just implement either, you know, WordFence is a great one. I've used that before. Um, Sakuri is another popular security plugin. Sakuri is, is great, um, but I have had trouble with it in the sense that it is so secure that people with legitimate, cause they were, you know, they had it set up, my client had it set up to block anyone without an approved IP address uh, for login to the back end. And so, you know, I, I had at one point been on the approved list and then they called me and said, Hey, can you make these changes for us? And then I couldn't get in. I kept getting locked out because they all, they, I had switched IPs or whatever, but, that's another thing. So, um, but they didn't know how to allow my IP address because that was beyond their their technical know-how. So it is important that you kind of walk through these setup things. And if you're not sure about something, you know, do a little Google research or just make sure that that you have a way to get back in. And at the end of the day, if you get locked out of your site from a security plugin standpoint, you can always go in to your, your file server on, you know, like if you have a hosting company that has cPanel access, you can go in and you can call that hosting company and they can probably walk you through how to get access and you can delete the plugin from your server 
or, or, you know, rename it temporarily to disable it. So you can get back in, go ahead, disable the plugin that like you need to, and you know, that way it gets you back in. So at the end of the day, you do have access to get back if something, you know, goes horribly, horribly wrong in the setup. But it is important to to have some of those security plugins in place so you can lock down that site. Um, Adam, do you have anything else on, on security? Absolutely. And this, this is probably like too basic, but I just want to throw it out there anyway. Uh, for your WordPress backend site username, never use admin and don't use password 12345. Use a strong password and do not use admin. <laughs> One of the one of the features of iTheme security is that they will rename if you because a lot of the the installs where you auto install WordPress. So you have your new website and your hosting company's like, yeah, we can install WordPress for you, no problem. They do that, but oftentimes they will do that by using the default admin, all lowercase username. And the first thing you should do when you install or when you log into your site is number one, check what your username is. And if it is admin, now you cannot readily change usernames within the WordPress dashboard. So what I recommend doing is before you have any content or anything in there, go in and just create a new username for yourself and then switch the email and then delete admin. So it's it's a little bit clunky, but it's easier than having to go into the database and, and changing it that way. So always have a unique username. Don't ever use admin. And then again, Adam brought up a good point. Make sure that you have passwords that are hard to guess. And you know, the name of your dog that you post about on Instagram all the time as your password, not a great idea. So try and have some special characters in there, uh, lowercase and caps mixed all around. And I think you'll be, you'll be set for, um, you know, bad long in the temp. So I have iTheme security set up to block automatically blacklist anyone who tries to log in with an admin name. And I get a daily report, daily, weekly, I can't remember what I have it set to, but I get a report that shows how many times like we had to block so-and-so because they tried to log in with admin. And I'm like, yep, definitely bad actor. Good. Blacklist them. Tell them not to come back. So it's nice to know that that kind of stuff is working. Yes, for sure, for sure. Um, I, it's funny that, it, that people still, you know, try to do that. Oh, I'll just use, you know, my password, one, two, three, four, five. It doesn't matter. I'm like, if it matters, don't do that. <laughs> Seriously, I know. So, um, yeah, definitely, you know, obviously you want to do something you can remember. I, I, I know that those passwords that are just ugly long chains of letters and numbers and symbols are, are highly, highly secure, but I'm not going to remember that. So I usually try and mix and match letters with symbols. So instead of an S, I might use a dollar sign. Or instead of a one, I might use an exclamation point, something like that to just strengthen it that way. And you can also use apps like LastPass, uh, Password, something. I forgot there's another one out there. There's a couple of them. So, you know, that way you don't have to remember the big, long, weird password. Yes, definitely. Very good tips as well. Those are handy to have, especially this day and age where everyone is requiring more secure passwords, not just your website. So, and um, two, two, maybe, oh, go well, ahead. I was going to say two-factor two authentication. Uh, it's a pain in the butt, I know, but it's also another layer of security that you can do as well. Absolutely. Good point. I know I can't say it doesn't roll off the tongue, two-factor authentication. So I frequently refer to it as MFA 
multi-factor authentication. So MFA, I have an easier time saying. So it is a pain in the butt, but it does add a very um, strong layer of security. So you can't beat that as well. For SEO, I use a plugin that is widely known in the WordPress community called Yoast. Rhymes with toast with a Y, Y-O-A-S-T. And it just really makes all of my, it makes my SEO job a lot easier. So number one is when you first install the plugin, it'll walk you through kind of what Adam, you had mentioned previously in that step-by-step process. And it makes it very easy to get up and running quickly and tells you exactly what you need to do. Upload your logo here, paste in your Facebook link here, paste in your LinkedIn profile here. And so it's very clear and user-friendly. And then within each page or post, it gives you the option to have a keyword. And you pop in that keyword for whatever the topic of your post is. For example, I have a blog post that went up this morning on website pricing. My keyword was website pricing. Yoast will read through based on your writing and that keyword and how well you've done. And then it will give you tips to make it stronger for SEO. And mind you, this is a free plugin. And so that free plugin has a lot of value. They do have a premium one. I've never had a reason um, or a need to use the the paid Yoast plugin. The free one really does, uh, I think, a really nice job uh, for being a free plugin and has all the functionality that I, I really need. So I really like Yoast, but I do know there are other ones out there, like All-in-One SEO is one of them, um, Rank Math I've heard about. Adam, do you have some other ones that, that you can share? Uh, no, those are pretty much the ones that I, I, I've been involved with. Um, but I do want to just throw out there that even you have, even though you have like Ghost or uh, an SEO uh, plugin, they, there's, it doesn't mean that just because you have it installed and you have all the green lights and, and that means you're going to be ranking number one. There's a lot to optimize in, you know, optimizing your uh, site for search engines. It's not just, you know, get a green light on Yoast and now I'm number one on the search engines, there's, there's still a lot more involved in it. So I just want to throw that out there, but it is a great base start to make sure that you do have a lot of the things that the Yoast and all these plugins are telling you to, to do. Absolutely. SEO is such a, a big topic unto itself. And there are different, you know, there's on-page SEO, there's off-page SEO, there's technical SEO. There are quite a few types um, and they all play a role in raising your ranking within the search engine. So um, you're right. You know, this isn't like a guaranteed, like I've installed Yoast. Nope. Clap my hands. I'm done with this. So there are other things that um, that should be done in order to increase search engine optimization. And, and you know what, Adam, maybe that would be another room that that we can host, you know, on another Wednesday that really deep dives into SEO. I'm always happy to talk about some of the tactics with that because it is such a, such a broad topic. I think for that one, we'd have to see if uh, Hillary was available and just bring her in because she's more of an expert on the deeper dive SEO. She really (laughs) is. Hillary Quinn um, is on on Clubhouse and um, she is such a great resource for SEO. So Proximo Web Design, Hillary Quinn, we should, we should see if maybe Hillary can come, you know, guest mod with us because she would have a wealth of information. You're absolutely right. So really quick. Um, I also want to dive into along the lines of SEO analytics and a lot of people don't necessarily, they're not, it's, it's not readily obvious um, how to set up and integrate Google analytics. 
And so, you know, you go to your Google Analytics, you set up a Google Analytics account, and then they give you a chunk of code and a couple different ways that you can put that code on your website. And I prefer the old fashioned way, copy paste into the, you know, head of the head tag of my, my theme. But what happens if you change themes? You know, that code goes away. It's not applied to your next theme. So there are plugins in WordPress that make it easy to keep that consistent, keep those analytics running, regardless of a redesign, change theme, anything like that. So I know there are some such as like Google Site Kit, for example, Google has made a WordPress plugin called Site Kit, and it makes it easy to integrate your analytics account, which you had have already set up through Google and link it to your website so you can start gaining some insight into traffic. And I, the reason I like SiteKit is because it also serves as my reminder to also connect Google Search Console, which a lot of you might not be as familiar with Search Console. Everyone knows about Google Analytics, but Search Console is something that will allow you to get some more insight into how people are using your site. What keywords are they typing in to find your content. And um, some of that information is really, really valuable. I mean, much of that information is really, really valuable because it goes beyond like, oh, people are using a laptop and not really using a tablet or they're using Chrome and not Safari. And, you know, all of that information is great too. But from a marketing perspective, it's also really nice to know what kind of search um, keywords are available or that people are are using. And it's also nice to know uh, if there's any errors on your page, Google console will alert you to these. So you have an opportunity to fix that. And then that way you don't get dinged by Google. Adam, you want to throw out some, some nuggets here on, on search engine or um, excuse me, analytics and console integration. Don't work with a lot. Unfortunately, I'm kind of like the back, you know, back end code or functionality as especially late, but I just want to say, if you are using it, use all the tools, you know, remember to analyze, you know, just keep going back to the data, you know, look at the data, look at the data, what does it say, analyze it, you know, understand everything that, that, that they allow you to have so that you can adjust accordingly or maybe you say, okay, great, everything's good or, or you know, I need to do this or that, um, but uh, all the answers, so to speak, are, are in the data. <laughs> It's true. You know, one of the things that going back to the original point of how broad a topic SEO is, 404 links, you know, broken link content. So for example, let's say that you have a product that you once sold that you are no longer selling, but the link to the product is still out there, even though you're not, it's not an active link for you anymore. That leads people to a 404 error. And Google will make a note and be like, hey, you know, this is kind of a bummer for users who are trying to find something and it's like a little misleading. So they'll, they'll ding you. I mean, it's not necessarily a huge thing, but you don't want to have, you can avoid it. You don't want to have a ton of 404 errors and Google search console will make it, they will make it. So Google search console alerts you to any 404 errors. So you have an opportunity to fix those and say, Oh yeah, you know, I used to sell this amazing mango salsa. Well, I'm not selling the mango salsa anymore. People are still trying to find it, but here's the new product that I have in its place. And you can redirect, set that redirect up. There is another WordPress plugin called redirection. Very easy to remember redirection. And it allows you to say, you paste in, you activate this plugin, you paste in the old link that is no longer, you paste in the new link where you want people to go when they click the old link. And it automatically installs that redirect on your search, you know, so you 
will gain, gain some benefit there because you have provided a better user experience. You're not guiding people to broken content. So the console, you know, that, that little tip right there in console says, Hey, uh, you have a 404 link, you know, go ahead, fix that. And then that's one other way that you can boost your SEO because you don't have that, that broken content link anymore. Yeah. I forgot about that one. That's a good one. I like that. And they have other things too, that console has other, other benefits as well, such as, um, Hey, you know, like your server is not responding. So like, uh, you know, every once in a while you might wake up and it's after, you know, three in the morning, they tried to hit your server and it wasn't responding. Well, could be a one-off that maybe your, your hosting company is just doing a quick update, no big thing, but it's good to know, right? You know, if this is going to be a common problem, you're going to want to address that with your, your hosting company and be like, Hey, why, why is the server down? Like, why, why are people, why are these Google bots not able to access my site? So all of these little nuggets of information that console provides will provide information for you to provide, God, it's a lot of providing, <laughs> but to give a, a better user experience, which ultimately is what makes search engines happy is to have that superior user experience. So all of these tools in your tool belt for marketing will help you achieve those goals. Bonus round for integrations. I am getting ready to integrate an ADA um, accessibility plugin on uh, most of my clients have opted for this. So they are UserWay is the plugin that I am using. There's a couple different ones. And um, that's another integration that you may want to consider is, you know, some extra sets of tools that will make your website accessible for anyone who may have, you know, some sort of vision impairment or, you know, some other impairment that prohibits them from using your site the way that it would typically be used. So I am going to be spending the rest of my morning installing some ADA compliance plugins and integrations as well. Do you want to tell, uh, you can probably explain a little bit better, what we will have out as, at least as of tomorrow, uh, what we are currently going to have. Yes, um, I I give all the credit to you because this is such a cool idea, and um, I I'm happy to be a part of it. But we hope that you found all of these tips really really useful. And you know, not everyone has a chance to always make our WordPress rooms, depending on time zones and all that good stuff. So. We are launching a plugin for your WordPress dashboard. So when you log into the dashboard, you have an area where you have widgets and um, these widgets will be different things like WordPress. Even you know, when you install it, it'll say like, here's a list of upcoming events and things like that. So there's going to be a plugin um, that Adam has coded for us that features more tips like these. These are little like snack size tips that will be in your dashboard, things that you can implement to help your your website, whether it be security or marketing or analytics or anything like that. Uh, we're going to have an array of tips and that will be available for download. And so hopefully that will help make your efforts stronger and help your efforts going forward with your website. I'm super excited about it. And I told Adam I could geek out about it all day, but um, yeah, I just, I can't wait for it to launch tomorrow. Yeah, and so with the plugin, we also we have in the dashboard. It will have the the updates will change, or, or like the tips and things will change periodically, uh, so automatically. So when you check it, it might be something different. So. Hopefully, the tips that we provided today have been beneficial. And you know, always feel free to DM us, or you can find me on Instagram at CL Creative. 
you know, obviously, if you do have other questions, I am happy to answer them. Adam is always happy to talk WordPress as well. So feel free to reach out to us either here or on social media. Okay, that concludes this episode. Our hosts will return with another topic in the next episode. Bye-bye, everyone.